1: See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, Positively FedEx.
2: Breaking news. President Biden defends his decision to withdraw U.S. troops out of Afghanistan. Tonight, the chaos in Kabul as uncertainty and fear grip the country. Incredible images out of Afghanistan. As desperation sets in an Afghans' race to escape the Taliban takeover. And the president says after two decades, it's time to end America's longest war. American troops cannot
3: and should not be fighting in a war and dying in a war that Afghan forces are not willing to fight for themselves.
2: What does the fall of the Afghan government mean for national security and for the lives of women in Afghanistan? VETERANS SPEAK OUT. AFGHANISTAN VETERANS AND GOLD STAR FAMILIES REACT WITH ANGER AND DISGUST.
4: FOR WHAT? WHAT WAS THIS ALL FOR?
2: TROPICAL STORM FRED MAKES LANDFALL. FLORIDA BRACES FOR FLOODING AND LIFE-THREATENING STORM SURGE. WHERE'S THE STORM HEADED NEXT? Hades AGONY. THE DEATH toll SOARS AFTER A DEVASTATING EARTHQUAKE. RESCUERS USING THEIR BARE HANDS TO GO THROUGH RUBBLE. COULD HEAVY RAIN THREATEN THE SEARCH FOR SURVIVORS? Grim COVID warning. Hospitals are stretched so thin, a cancer surgeon is covering nursing shifts. Safe to drive? The new investigation into Tesla's autopilot software. And the big announcement from soccer superstar Carly Lloyd.
5: This is the CBS Evening News with Nora O'Donnell reporting from the nation's capital.
2: Good evening, and thank you for joining us. We're going to begin tonight with the rapidly changing developments in the Taliban takeover of Afghanistan. President Biden just spoke directly to the American people defending the U.S. withdrawal.
3: I stand squarely behind my decision. After 20 years, I've learned the hard way that there was never a good time to withdraw U.S. forces.
2: That's why we're still there. Well, the swift fall of Kabul led to chaotic and disturbing scenes at the airport as Afghans tried to climb onto a U.S. military plane. And this image caught our eye hundreds of Afghans packed in an American C-17 fleeing the country. U.S. officials, including President Biden, admit they were caught off guard by how quickly the Taliban overran the country. Intelligence officials had warned it could take 30 to 90 days, but Kabul fell in just 10. The evacuation of the capital brought back painful memories of the fall of Saigon in 1975, and the images, side by side, are eerily similar. Well, tonight, there are grave concerns that women and girls are about to lose their rights as the Islamic militant group returns to power. Our team is following every angle. CBS's Weijia Jiang is at the White House. CBS's David Martin has reaction from U.S. veterans of the Afghan war. But we're going to begin with CBS's Roxana Saberi reporting from the Afghan capital. Good evening, Roxana.
6: Good evening, Nora. With Kabul back under Taliban control, a sense of terror is filling the streets here. We saw the risks many would take to escape. With undeniable desperation, Afghans clung to a U.S. military plane as it took off today from Kabul airport. Fleeing from the Taliban any way they could, at least two fell to their death. On the ground, more pandemonium and gunshots. The Pentagon says U.S. troops shot and killed two armed Afghans in self-defense, as 6,000 forces will be used to airlift Americans out. America's 20-year war is ending as it started, with the Taliban in charge, strolling through Kabul's once-fortified green zone, home to the now-shuttered U.S. embassy, taking selfies and seizing the national TV station. Like before, they pledged to punish looters and thieves, according to Sharia law. This video posted online appears to show just that. But this time, they're promising to allow girls to go to school and women to work. The Taliban have said that they will respect women's rights, so you don't believe them. I don't. Pashtana Durrani was helping educate girls in Kandahar until the Taliban seized the southern city last week, sending her into hiding. What do you think would happen to you if the Taliban find you now? I don't know. They could do something to you.
4: They find me, they make me suffer torture one day, two day, three days. I'm going to die.
6: Durrani is more worried about girls like Sharifa. The eight year old told us she lost her leg in a Taliban attack on her village. But when we asked what frightens her most, does anything scare you? She told us not being allowed back to school to become a doctor. Women and girls aren't the only ones at risk here. Afghans who worked for the Americans or the Afghan government also fear for their safety. One man called us in the middle of the night, terrified, begging for help.
2: Nora. Roxana Saberi, thank you. President Biden is the fourth to oversee the war in Afghanistan as commander in chief. And in his remarks, he vowed not to turn the fight over to a fifth. The president said today that staying in Afghanistan is not in America's national security interests. The mission is to prevent another attack on the American homeland. And it has been a decade since the death of Osama bin Laden. CBS's Weijia Zhang reports from the White House.
3: I stand squarely behind my decision.
1: President Biden said the harrowing images from Afghanistan prove he was right
3: to withdraw U.S. troops. American troops cannot and should not be fighting in a war and dying in a war that Afghan forces are not willing to fight for themselves.
1: Mr. Biden blamed Afghan forces and President Ashraf Ghani for the rapid Taliban takeover.
3: The truth is this did unfold more quickly than we had anticipated so what's happened afghanistan political leaders gave up and fled the country mr ghani insisted that the afghan forces would fight but obviously he was wrong <laughs>
1: But President Biden took little responsibility for his administration's miscalculation of how the war would end, only briefly mentioning today's chaotic scenes at the Kabul airport.
3: Scenes we're seeing in Afghanistan, they're gut-wrenching, particularly for our veterans.
1: It was an outcome far different than what he predicted last month. The likelihood there's going to be
3: the Taliban overrunning everything, and owning the whole country is highly unlikely.
1: Republicans accused the president of leaving hastily without a plan, especially amid warnings from Pentagon leaders that terrorists could regroup
7: sooner than expected. We're less safe as a nation. The likelihood of an attack coming from Afghanistan now is through the roof.
1: Democrats, meanwhile, demanded answers about the administration's plan to get Afghans who helped the U.S. military out of the country.
7: The question here is whether this is going to be Saigon or Dunkirk. Are we going to leave people behind, as we did in South Vietnam? Or are we going to hold the beach until everybody is taken off that beach?
2: And Weija joins us now from the White House. That airport in Kabul shut down for a period of today. The U.S. ambassador is there. What are you hearing about what is being done to keep them safe and prevent more violence?
1: Nora, tonight we know that U.S. diplomats are talking with the Taliban about the need to restore order at the airport, and Pentagon leaders warned in a face-to-face encounter not to interfere in the evacuations. President Biden himself said that if the Taliban attacks American troops, the U.S. response would be swift, using devastating force if
2: necessary. Nora? Weijia Jang, thank you. In two decades, more than three-quarters of a million American service members have been deployed to Afghanistan. Well, tonight, many wonder if their sacrifices were wasted. We get more on this from CBS's David Martin.
4: Juan Dominguez was a Marine Lance Corporal in 2010, sent into the Taliban heartland of Helmand Province, where his battalion lost 25 men killed. I'm on the verge of breaking down crying because this is just like we gave so much and just... Like that is wiped out, you know. He lost both legs and an arm, but incredibly has fashioned a new life as a drummer. His thoughts are with the Afghans who helped the Marines and are now at the mercy of the Taliban.
2: We have seemingly turned our backs on them and just pray, pray for them because our government didn't help them get that safe passage out.
3: It's a disgrace to this country to depart like this.
4: Retired Army Colonel Dave Brostrom lost his son, Jonathan, at the Battle of Wanad in 2008.
7: We're in a bad situation. Need you to come in hot
8: immediately.
4: The gun camera of an Apache helicopter could make out his body, along with the other soldiers killed that day.
8: We will have uh, additional fallen hero missions
3: uh, to follow. I have a total of 9 KIA. This is very disheartening.
4: I hate to ask this question. Does it feel to you like your son died for nothing?
3: You know, my son... Uh, died trying to protect his fellow soldiers. But for the ultimate cause of stabilizing the country and establishing a good government, uh, yes, it was a sacrifice that uh, was for naught.
4: The United States spent $1 trillion in Afghanistan, and it seems like peanuts compared to the 2,400 dead and the 22,000 wounded. Nora? Nora?
2: And we are thinking of those service members and their families. David Martin, thank you. We want to turn now to Tropical Storm Fred, which slammed into the Florida panhandle today with gusts topping 70 miles per hour. That is actually nearly hurricane force. Well, tonight, the storm is barreling north, dumping heavy rain on parts of Florida, Alabama, and Georgia. Flood stretch stretches far north as Virginia, with up to eight inches of rain expected in some places. CBS's Manuel Borges joins us now from Panama City Beach, Florida. And good evening to you, Manny.
9: Good evening, Nora. Thousands are without power tonight here along the Florida Panhandle as the storm moves through. And as tempting as that water behind me may be for some, officials say that surf is dangerous and they are asking people to stay out of the water. One of the biggest threats from Fred, the storm surge, it could reach anywhere between 3 to 5 feet in some areas of the Panhandle, and some areas were already dealing with the water coming up as early as this morning. Tonight the main concern going forward, the rainfall. Some areas could see four to eight inches of rain. That is certainly enough to trigger flash flooding. And there's also the threat of isolated tornadoes. Ca- uh, classes were canceled in some counties as a precaution and government buildings closed. But so far, there have been no evacuations. Fred will lose its intensity as it heads north, but it could bring flash flooding to Georgia and the Carolinas over the next several days. Nora.
2: We got an alert here in the D.C. area. Manny Borkas, thank you. Well, tonight, the situation in Haiti is growing even more dire. Rescue efforts continue two days after a 7.2 earthquake killed more than 1,400 people. And now a tropical depression is headed right towards the island. CBS's Vladimir Dutier is in Haiti.
5: This video shows the widespread trail of destruction. Homes and buildings reduced to rubble. Now, dozens of search and rescue teams are desperately digging through mountains of debris, looking for any signs of survivors. Good Samaritans used their bare hands to pull this woman and a young boy to safety
9: after
5: they were buried under this collapsed building. The quake has killed more than 1,400 people and destroyed thousands of homes. And now there's a race against time as a tropical depression is threatening to bring heavy rains and major flooding to areas hit hardest which could hamper rescue operations. (laughs) The epicenter of the 7.2-magnitude quake struck near Lakai, a coastal town located about 80 miles from the capital of Port Prince. This young woman is being treated for two broken legs. She was injured by fallen debris as the earthquake hit.
1: She says
5: she started to run when broken concrete fell on her and a man by her side who was killed. This is just another major setback for a country that hasn't fully recovered from the 2010 earthquake that killed an estimated 220,000 people. And a nation still reeling from the assassination of its president, Jovenel Moïse, just over a month ago. Still, Haiti's ambassador to the U.S., Broushid Edmond, says there is hope. We understand
9: the dire situation we are in, but the most important thing is we will come out of it.
2: And Vlad joins us now from Port-au-Prince. You know, Vlad, with this tropical depression, Grace, headed towards Haiti, what's the big fear there?
5: Nora, the storm-making landfall in Haiti could dump enough heavy rain in the quake zone, where there are hundreds of thousands of survivors sleeping in the open. And one of the fears here is that might potentially bring mudslides, disease, and hunger.
2: Nora? All right, Vladimir Dutier, thank you. Well, now to the COVID pandemic and a stark warning from the National Institutes of Health that the U.S. could soon see 200,000 new cases a day. The Delta strain is blamed for a 350% spike in cases since mid-July. CBS's David Begnaud has more tonight from hard-hit Louisiana.
7: Louisiana is drowning in its fourth COVID wave. Overflowing ICUs at Ochsner Hospital in New Orleans have forced more than 100 doctors to pivot from their normal jobs, Including cancer surgeon Brian Moore.
0: A number of us have uh, worked as nurses' aides uh, on day shift and night shift in the ICU to to help them just do basic stuff. Just in the last month, average
7: daily cases in Louisiana have grown nearly eightfold. Since the start of the weekend, more than 13,200 COVID cases have been reported with nearly 3,000 people currently hospitalized. That is the highest since the pandemic started the vast majority are tied to COVID that is spreading in communities rather than settings like nursing homes. Dr. Chuck Burnell is the chief medical officer for Acadian Ambulance. How close are we to medics refusing to transport patients because there are no hospital beds left? We're days away from that happening right now, less than a week. Starting today, everyone in New Orleans, 12 and older, has to show proof of at least one dose of a COVID vaccination or a negative PCR test result within the last 72 hours. Now, this applies to indoor restaurants, bars and gyms. And beginning tomorrow in New York City, you can't even get by with a negative test. There it's no vax, no service.
2: USN,
0: USN, USN.
7: Not everyone is happy. Protesters gathered outside the mayor's home at Gracie Mansion Sunday afternoon. Back here in Louisiana, the state's largest newspaper ran an editorial on Sunday that got a lot of attention. We are in the middle of hurricane season, so the headline read, If we fought hurricanes like we're fighting COVID, we'd all drown. Nora?
2: David Begno, thank you.
8: This episode is brought in part to you by Audible, your go-to destination for thrilling audio entertainment.
2: Tonight, the federal government has opened an investigation into Tesla's autopilot, its partially automated driving system, after a series of crashes with emergency vehicles. Since 2018, nearly a dozen electric Teslas in self-driving mode have crashed into fire trucks, police cars, and other parked emergency vehicles with flashing lights. 17 people were hurt and one died. Well, tonight, more help is on the way for struggling families. The Biden administration has approved a 25 percent increase in monthly allowances for food stamps. Forty two million Americans depend on SNAP to help pay for food. The average benefit will go from one hundred and twenty one to one hundred and fifty seven dollars a month. And that starts in October. Soccer superstar Carly Lloyd is hanging up her cleats. The legendary number 10 on the U.S. women's soccer team says she's retiring later this year after a few more matches with Team USA. Lloyd, now 39 years old, says she's forever grateful to have played for her country. And we are grateful to her. We wanted to take a moment to reflect on what we're seeing in Afghanistan as we end America's longest war. When America leaves for many, so does the hope, the hope of freedom, the hope for human rights. And in its place comes the sheer terror of what's next. We saw that desperation with images of Afghans clinging to American planes, some dying, risking everything to get out of the country. Wars are costly to start and costly to end. It's costly to stay and costly to leave. The cost in lives the nearly 2,500 American troops lost, the families they left behind, and the more than 20,000 wounded warriors, some wondering, were our sacrifices worth it? And the cost to America's national security, a month short of the 20th anniversary of the 9-11 terror attack, which was planned and directed from Afghanistan. The U.S. went in with a promise— to make sure Afghanistan never again becomes a safe haven for terrorists. But now thousands of prisoners released by the Taliban, including members of al-Qaeda and ISIS, that promise now in jeopardy. The symbols of a free society painted over in fear because of the Taliban's swift advance. Women and girls now face an uncertain future, as the men who believe they should be silenced take over. And the world is watching in fear of what may happen next. All right. Some people who refuse to get a COVID vaccine are cheating this system, buying fake vaccine cards. Well, what's being done to stop it? That's all tomorrow on the CBS Evening News. And a reminder, if you can't watch us live, set your DVR so that you can watch us later. That's tonight's edition of the CBS Evening News. I'm Nora O'Donnell in the nation's capital, and we will see you right back here tomorrow. Good night.